Hi, everyone. I'm Matt Tucker, the CEO and founder of Koan. And today I get to host, which I'm really excited about, a conversation about things that we've learned about OKRs at all throughout the pandemic, uh, the cultural impact they've had, and what we can learn and, and do next uh, as we move into the next phase and we start coming back into the workplace, whether that's by office, remotely. Uh, we'll talk it all through and how to use OKRs uh, to drive great cultural uh, impact uh, in this in this next uh, part of part of the pandemic. Uh, and I'm excited to get to, to be joined by some of the world's leading OKR experts. Uh, we'll do some brief introductions and, and then dive right into it. Uh, but very pleased uh, to have Roger, Tim, and Georgia uh, from uh, some of the leading uh, OKR consultancies, coaches uh, around the world. Uh, Roger, could you kick it off uh, with an introduction? Yeah, sure. Uh, great to be here, Matt. Yeah, uh, as you said, uh, I'm Roger, Roger Longdon. I, uh, I lead Therapy Giants over here in the UK, uh, although we have quite a broad footprint all around the world. Uh, and we really focus on um, helping our clients to become uh, absolutely self-sustaining with OKRs. So uh, that focuses on obviously just not just uh, getting them a set of OKRs to work with, but actually getting them to the point where they can do it themselves, repeat, repeat, repeat over and over again. Uh, and there's a big cultural factor that underpins our work, which is why uh, Georgia uh, from our team is with us today. Georgia? So hi, everyone. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm Georgia, and I'm delighted to be here to talk about stuff that I can talk about for a long time, culture and psychological safety and employee engagement. I head up the OKR culture practice for Therapy Giants, as well as our emerging global OKR professionals community, a topic for another time, perhaps. So delighted to be here. Thank you, Matt. Thanks, Roger. Thanks, Georgia. And Tim? Well, first, thank you. And it's a pleasure to be here today with uh, the folks from There Be Giants. I have not had a chance to shake hands or break bread, uh, but hopefully someday we will. Um, I'm the president and CEO of Atruity. Uh, our company is solely focused on objectives and key results methodology. Um, what we learned early on was that there was a big problem, not in understanding OKRs, although that can have its challenges, um, but really it was how do you implement this into a large organization and or really a small organization. We were very lucky when we started to be placed in a very large company. So we kind of marked our tracks and built what we think is a very good delivery methodology. Um, we also do mentoring. So we help people um, as they continue to want to be able to take hold of the OKR program themselves. We also have situations where um, we're asked to come in and actually be that OKR. And I'll use the word champion or project person that, uh, that meets with them and continually runs their program for them. So that's a little bit about Atruity. We're based over here in the United States. Uh, we're located in the Washington, D.C. area. And uh, I'm just excited to be here, Matt. We've had a nice relationship with your organization. And uh, I look forward to getting in and talking and learning a little bit more about some culture stuff from Georgia. Um, and, uh, and sharing with people what some of the things that we've seen over the last uh, year and a half here as it's related to COVID and, uh, and OKRs and, uh, and successful implementations. Awesome. Thanks, Tim. Yeah. Uh, excited to dive into all that experience, um, talk about culture, talk about some of the learnings. Um, maybe to kick this conversation off, um, obviously, uh, the pandemic has created a lot of challenges for organizations of all sizes and all over the world. 
And Ed, for a question for, for all of you, as you've interacted with new clients over the last year or so, what are they asking for in terms of what they're, they're looking for out of an OKR consultant uh, and what they want to get out of the engagement? Um, Maybe I'll, I'll kick yeah, that over to uh, you first, Roger. Yeah, okay. please. Yeah. All right. So uh, <clears throat> I think what we're, what we're finding is that they what, what the pandemic, and certainly it was obviously the remote working uh, uh, prized right, wide open, was just how poorly defined and consequently aligned uh, goals are in many, many organisations. Um, and just how much they were kind of getting by on that sort of organic, what are you working on? I'm working on this sort of conversation around the workplace and, and so on and so forth. And, and so what we're finding is that, and I've only just come off a call with, with, with a prospect of a, with a, with a massive retailer here in the UK. Um, they are, they tried OKRs, but they just thought that they thought it was just a case of writing them and then just putting them out there. It doesn't work. So uh, they've realized that as they've started, they, they've just announced that they've got a hybrid <coughs> um, working policy going forward. So people don't have to come back to the office full time. They can do a blended approach if they wish, or, or they can come back full-time if, if they prefer. But what they want, what they're looking to OKRs to do now is to provide that connected tissue, if you will, between um, the individuals that make up the teams and the key priorities across the business uh, and to give them that, that, that focal point for, um, for communication, for progress, for connection as well. So yeah, I think there's, I think it, I think it it, it it highlighted that there was a big issue which many organisations were kind of sort of papering over the cracks um, for the for, for for as long as they could. Right, Roger. This is Tim. Well said. Um, and, and you know, we all were thrown an amazing curveball, and I, I use that term lightly when the pandemic hit. Um, you kind of look at what's taken place over the course of the last fifteen months. Um, companies that were not organized, okay, and did not have objectives and key results, there's a couple elements that, that really caught companies by surprise. And subsequently, the ones that did have it were to, be, to gain an advantage. And I use transparency and I use alignment um, as, as two major areas to kind of focus on. Um, you know, you mentioned that they were not poorly aligned. And Gosh, if you weren't poorly, poorly aligned and the pandemic hit, the, things were very challenging. Um, yeah. If you did have OKRs and you were aligned, because of the transparent nature of objectives and key results and being able to see what everybody else is working on, um, people cruised right through it. Um, we had one particular organization that um, was roughly a $200 million company that their industry was down between eight and 10% globally for uh, 2020, they were up 28% by putting in objectives and key results. Now, I would love to claim that it was all me, but um, they will tell you that a significant portion of their success, they would attribute to objectives and key results. And um, another thing that you mentioned was, um, you know, when you talk about poorly, poorly aligned, it, it reminds me of strategy of sorts. Um, you know, if they had a strategy, 
how were they going to execute? You know, we, we talk all about um, objectives and key results having this agile nature to them. And I think allowing that agile nature to come forward allowed companies to actually execute on the strategy. So first you had to change your strategy because suddenly the pandemic hit, but you can change a strategy, but if you can't execute a strategy, that's where things begin to break down. And I believe on all the, the podcasts that, <clears throat> that I've done, um, you know, it, it, it comes down to execution. And so to me, I think that's where um, companies that did have objectives and key results heading into the pandemic, that's where they succeeded because they could still execute. Where the companies that did not, they could align the strategy, but they still had trouble executing. Absolutely, because OKR, Sense. If, you do, if you do them well and you do them properly, you, you have that framework, that construct. Uh, yes. Is your means of execution. So if you suddenly have to adapt, like a lot of organizations and businesses did last year, it's not a kind of crazy, you know, flat spin panic. We just, we know we've, we've got the constructs in place. Now let's just realign. I mean, one of the things that, one of the big sort of tactical shifts that we saw was actually the shortening of timescales, actually the shortening. Yes. Of, uh, mm-hmm. You know, because we didn't know what was going to be happening over the next six months. So let's just, let's just bring those top, particularly those top level objectives down in from maybe 12 months down to six months or perhaps even three months in some instances. Sure. But, but you're absolutely right. You know, they had they had the means to execute already in place. So it wasn't a case of going, how the hell do we do this? <laughs> they knew they knew how to do it. They just had to find decide on the new priorities. Right. And and you know, it's it's and and look at us today. We're all on video conference doing this uh, podcast. But if you weren't comfortable with video conferencing, okay, prior to the pandemic that became part of your new strategy, you know? And if you were, think about the, the advantage you might have had. So I look at the, how pandemic has changed our business forever. I mean, you know, Roger, you do business globally, I do business globally. So how could we have done that successfully without video conferencing, but we adapted. You know, the, the, the adapting and the agile nature that is inherent in business. Business, you know, a company's an organism and it adapts and changes. And if you don't have, you need to have that strategy change, but if you don't have that execution method in place, no matter how hard you try, um, it, it's just not gonna give you the, the results that you really want. You know, Georgia, I'm yeah. interested no, to hear all a makes sense. Bit, Georgia, I'm interested yeah. to hear a little bit from you about culture and what your thoughts are. Well, yeah. And let me, I, let I, me redirect I, I the, the conversation a little bit uh, <laughs> and well, I do have a thought in relation to this question, Matt. Right. Would that be helpful? Let's do it. Um, okay. We're going to have to add a little more. Um, yeah. Please, Georgia. So one of the pieces of work that I do with There Be Giants is delivering some of our training sessions through our OKR Coach Academy program. And one of the realizations I've had, it's not necessarily a main reason why any business came looking for an OKR consultant. But, but learning how to do OKRs well, which is what we believe we're helping people with in the training and the support, you know, the delivery we, we give through that academy program. Actually, people are, people are giving us feedback that that is leadership and life skills in dealing with change because everyone globally has had to, exactly as you say, Tim, adapt. Adaptive leadership 
and that kind of level of leadership development is is really usually only reserved for the most senior leaders and um, and you know some just really fundamental stuff about what goes on for humans when we are forced into change even though we might be quite up for it you know the that understanding how the dynamic in a team that was together in the office and now scattered virtually and and for long periods of time with no idea whether or not they were going to kind of see each other again so not only have we been um all globally you know there's a physical risk that's invisible to us, which then also is a psychological risk. But there's all this other stuff that we've taken for granted about the nature of work and the, you can't come with some of the kind of stability and routines that that provides for people in all sorts of life situations with families, without families. And everyone's had to adapt to that. But actually, when OKRs are implemented well, with kind of you know conscious, adaptive, agile, thoughtful, transparent, clear, you know aligned leadership, communication is really good. It has to be, um, and so I think there are actually there have been benefits that people wouldn't necessarily have thought about, but have realised as a result of engaging some of you know some external expertise. Um, yeah. Thanks, George. At the end, really kind of landed with the timing of what was going on with the, pandem- the pandemic for humans. That mm. that makes a lot of sense, mm. and totally makes sense. You know, that the pandemic created the imperative, uh, obviously, for alignment uh, and uh, to get crisp about how you're doing OKRs, uh, and some of the cultural things that you you mentioned make a lot of sense, Georgia. You know, and I think about you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, there was this burst of energy. You know, obviously, none of us knew exactly what the impact would be. There was the, uh, we have to shorten all the, uh, our planning cycles. Everything's changing in an instant. Now, here we are so many months later, and the, the feeling is very different. And it would be curious you know, to hear from each of you around what is the, the cultural impact of, of the pandemic after all this period of time, after we've all been working from home for so long, after we're thinking about uh, maybe starting to come into the office, how has it changed over time and and what are what are you hearing folks um, looking for and that the concerns that they have around cultural impact and what they're looking for out of okrs to help with that now um I, i'll take this for for a starter um i think <clears throat> what you found is people are a little bit burned out of doing business over video <laughs> um and uh, but yet there's an element of it that's comfortable become almost in an obscure way, almost comfortable. But the return to office, I think, is, is a very exciting thing for a lot of people. And yet, to, to George's point, it's a, it will now, it's gonna be uncomfortable again. You know, um, organizations now are speaking about what's the right strategy that they need to have as they return to office. Is it five days a week, three days a week? Is it depending on your job? So I think there's a lot of moving pieces right now that organizations are effectively wrestling with on how they're going to handle this return to office picture as the pandemic begins to slowly uh, wind its way down to uh, a new normal, let's put it that way. Yeah, I really agree with that, Tim. And I think there's also the, the reality of each individual's now new perhaps preferences and different ways of managing their lifestyle many people have really missed the office really missed the office 
yes. for all sorts of social and sort of, you know, life structure reasons, friendships, being out of the house, feeling useful, or, you know, making a difference, contributing. We've learned how to do that from home, which has been massively challenging for so many, particularly those who've been homeschooling. But actually, many people really like it and really value the flexibility. As someone who's worked from home for, you know, a good couple of decades, I've always just put the washing on when it suited me. Great. <laughs> you know, it helps. Yes, it, it can helps. help with that kind of daily routine of, of life. So I'm certainly aware in some of the organisations I've been talking to, actually, what helpfully what senior leaders have realised is a one-size-fits-all policy is not going to work. This is going to take kind of team level and individual level conversation about how do we maximize the, the, the use of the office and retain that flexibility in a way that works for everybody and for the business. You know, there's right. quite a lot of complexity in that, particularly in, in you know, both large and small organizations, actually. Right. Yeah, absolutely true. Mm. Yeah. Roger, you know, when you think about, uh, you know, there's this maybe traditional picture of goals or OKRs are just about driving productivity, more and more and more and more results. Uh, and in this, um, environment where so many are suffering from burnout and you know, dealing with all that the pandemic has brought out. What is OKR's place in, in that environment? Um, and when, how do you use it and as a, a force for good, so to speak? Mm, as a force for good. Well, I mean, this is the, uh, this is, it all, it's all down to how you use the OKRs in the first place. You know they can, <laughs> like, like uh, there there is a dark side to them, and there's 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 the there's the there's the lighter path, the Jedi way, if you will. Um, so yeah, you know you could use them for uh, uh, focusing on an individual productivity and and dish out loads of individual OKRs and make people feel like they're being put under the microscope. But the best way of using them that we've uh, we've found is to uh, keep them at team level and, in particular, as much as possible, have them cross uh, 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 focusing on cross-functional teams. Uh, and in terms of you know coming back to the point about what organisations are looking for going forward, they've really got to improve that adaptability. I mean, Tim's mentioned it in terms of. Agility and George has mentioned it in terms of leadership, adaptive leadership. You know, this this uh, the, the ability to uh, form you know teams very quickly based upon the emerging priorities, which can which can appear and disappear just literally as you know uh, uh, sometimes overnight. And if you're going to take advantage of them and pursue them and you know experiment and test ideas out around them, then you need to be able to mobilize these groups of people really quickly. And that's that that's easier to do when everybody's in the same location. But when they're, you know, scattered, some in the office, some remote, how do you do that? Well, this is where the OKR can be that 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 nucleus that that, that around which they can all coalesce. You know, they they um, are all involved in hopefully the design of it because they've not been handed it they've had a they've had a hand in in building it in the first place and then it's then the focal point for a regular conversation uh, and progress updates and confidence updates and all that good practice uh, as you progress through um, the period so yeah that's that's what uh, that, that's where i think they can make a real contribution 
make a, a, a significant contribution, like I say, to beat that nucleus. Right, Roger, I just, just to add to that, you know, and, and even to what Georgia said, you know, we're in a knowledge-based society right now. Okay, we have been for, for, for longer than we've actually have anticipated or even knew. But the point is, is that you're hiring really smart people and you want to give them the chance to be able to help you in the way that best fits what, how they think as well as you think. So there's that unique collaboration that I think OKRs even bring to the table um, when you start developing what are your key results? What are your objectives for the quarter? You know, and you talk about teams you know, these new cross-functional teams or horizontal alignment, um, allowing them to be able to work together. And again, because of the geographic challenges that we're gonna have, I think that's where OKRs, one of their superpowers is being able to have that transparency, being able to redevelop those cross-functional teams, as you mentioned, and empowering those individuals, giving them the power to say, this is where I choose to work, how we, how we need to solve this problem, because it's what I'm responsible for. One of the cornerstones that we teach is um, that you have essentially three different things that you need to focus on whenever you work with somebody is you want to give somebody the responsibility, okay, give them the authority and hold them accountable. So even though uh, OKRs don't have a compensation element to it, you're giving them that authority and responsibility to be able to empower them because you've hired smart people to figure it out. So Roger, I couldn't agree with you more that um, I think that's what OKRs really bring to the, uh, to the forefront. Koan is a purpose-built solution for managing your OKRs. Helps your team achieve their objectives and key results, helps them get aligned, and it helps them stay engaged. Shared spreadsheets simply don't scale when you're using OKRs properly, and you're not going to have a maximum impact with them. But with Koan, you can scale your OKRs right across your entire company, keeping your team super motivated and moving everybody in the right direction. Roger, what's one of your favorite features about Koan? So the thing that I really love about Koan and have done ever since uh, I first saw it was how it really puts the conversation around OKRs at the heart of the system and it really helps stimulate that, which obviously brings really good collaboration. You know, they've got this uh, reflections feature which uh, helps uh, individuals really prepare for the uh, the team conversation which is going to come up where the collaboration is going to take place so I, 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 that would definitely be the thing for me which is the, the killer feature of the system I think the other thing that OKRs do in a really actually very pragmatically suited to the pandemic environment is provide certainty over a short period of time because it is not possible to have a business strategy for five years and, and be absolutely sure that we're going to deliver that all the way through you know, if we didn't know that before the pandemic, and many businesses did, we certainly know it now. But those chunks of like three to four months provide that. And we're, and we're clear, we have some certainty. You know, many of us as humans have been massively challenged by the amount of uncertainty we've had to deal with. It's, it's, it's a, a quite highly emotionally intelligent skill to be really uncomfortable with uncertainty kind of all the time. And actually, OKRs through the alignment, through the dialogue, through the communication, that right, okay, for the next three months, we know what we're working on. Great. All the rest of it, we can kind of put to, to one side because we've got some focus. And I think that is immensely valuable to humans who are really challenged by a lot of external change over which we all kind of feel we've got no control other than in our own individual 
behaviour. And that's true outside of a pandemic too, actually. It's just really sharpened our focus on it. Uh, Georgia, that's a really interesting point. And so you're you're almost uh, making the point that OKRs can actually be a, a way of helping employees cope with the burnout and stress and uncertainty having, yeah. having that. Yeah, I mean, how many people do each of us know that really use work as a distraction and a focus away from the stuff that they're finding challenging? I know loads of people that do that and, and, and people that do the opposite. But, you know, it, when, when work is... Um, done in the way that OKRs require if they are to be successful in an effective in an organization, they kind of speak to the, the better qualities of us in humans as well, that we are engaged with each other, connected, we're in dialogue, there's transparency. All of those things help keep us fe- feeling psychologically safe too when the outside world really isn't and it hasn't been physically safe either. But this, you know, invisible threat, you can't see it. It's kind of pernicious for humans um, to to have to deal with that sort of stuff. So I yeah you know, I just I see huge benefits in them, it, but in and out of pandemic and lockdown situations. Yeah, I really appreciate the spirit of how all of you are approaching this topic, which is you can use OKRs not just as a way of driving productivity, but actually fostering a, a culture, uh, providing for employee well being and the positive aspects of, of how you work together. Uh, all this um, really uh, makes a lot of sense. Maybe let's shift a, a little bit to, you know, if you are a business and uh, it's potentially grappling with uh, you know, a next new normal of uh, some remote folks and, and hybrid, and you, you realize the imperative of getting better at alignment and um, you know, perhaps looking at rolling out OKRs. And when you can't have everyone in person and you're trying to do some of these planning exercises and in, in early parts of the rollout, what, how, how are you all running at you know, the early phase of, of an OKR implementation? If you're giving advice to a company that's, that's trying to get started and do these behaviors better, what do you tell them? Um, I would say it depends on the organization and where they're at. Uh, and what's in particular what size they are, but let's let's assume that they are of a, a, a reasonable size and a reasonable level of complexity in terms of you know how they're structured. Um, first and foremost, we 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 suggest a pilot. We suggest a pilot to prove the concept. Um, and if you pick, you know, you can either pick to run it in a particular part of the organization or pick to run it against a particular strategic priority and then obviously bring the right people together to support that. Um, <clears throat> but um, uh, the, the point is that you're proving the concept and it then makes the, it, 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 it makes the chance of, or it makes it easier for the rest of the organization to then adopt it because they see that their peers, not their, not their leaders, but their peers are saying, this is really good. This is this is this has been this has been uh, a, 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 you know a, a, a massive benefit to us. So therefore, it's it, the energy around the change becomes more of a more of a pull from the rest of the organisation than a push. And a mutual client of ours, Matt Talk Talk, is exactly it's exactly that it's that way that it works exactly. The, the pilot and now across their full strategic program. But only because the pilot was proven. 
Tim, do you take that that same pilot approach? Um, and what other sets of uh, advice do you give to companies as they're they're looking to roll out OKRs? Yeah, um, I, I do. I do believe that a pilot approach is is a, it is a working approach to it. Um, you know, we we receive a lot of calls where um, I think people are in a hurry to get something up and running, and um, we have a fast track program that we use. Um, to design to get an organization up and running within 30 days on OKRs. And, um, you know, that the, we're, we're struck by the challenges people have that, you know, again, going back to my initial discussion about the company, which was how do we get this into our organization? And so um, I'm a big believer in, in pilots, but I'm also um, equivalently a believer in giving people the right education, having them learn a little bit about OKRs. It's in our fast track program, making sure that everybody's educated. And then it's up to us and to them to point out, you know, this is how a program operates, get them kind of behind things. And when you get senior leadership behind um, a, an OKR program, I think the uh, chances are much better that, uh, that an organization will continue to adopt them. Um, and so that's kind of been our history and how we've approached it. But I'm certainly not a non-believer of pilots by any means. In fact, we've done a couple of pilots and they've worked out wonderfully, but we take a, an approach just a little bit different than that. And anything shifting in, in how and the advice you're, you're giving companies now oh, with, um, with, in yeah. terms of what they're, they're facing and um, you know, even dealing with uh, some people being in person, some, people, some uh, folks being remote. Right. It's, um, I think gaining consensus on video is a little difficult. <laughs> and, um, but we do, I, I do. And in fact, I just did my first in-person facilitation um, over the last probably 15 months, no more than three weeks ago. So, you know, organizations, again, I believe OKRs are about gaining consensus a little bit too, whether you're working in a team or even from the top, you know, one of the fail points of any type of, of, um, of methodology is if it's done in a vacuum. So getting that collaboration together is critical for everyone's being able to put their two cents in, so to speak, because that ends up buying that buy-in that's necessary in order for a plan to start having longevity. So, um, but doing it on video with everybody in a different area um, is a little different. We used to use a trick five, three, one, five was you put up five, five fingers. If, uh, if you love the concept three, if you could live with it and one finger, if you didn't like it, but it had to be the index finger. And, um, and then we gave everyone a chance to talk. Good clarification. Try, right. Exactly. Now you could do that on chat, but it's a little messy. Um, so I think uh, gaining consensus is still a little bit challenging when you have uh, video conferencing, but as long as you're more comfortable with it, um, I think that uh, I think it does work its way out. Awesome, Georgia. Any thoughts on you know, how you get organizations, whether it's a pilot team or the leadership team, to be thinking about the the cultural aspects of what an OKR rollout looks like in the right way from the beginning? And what's the journey that you you take them on? Yeah, um, again, I, I, I'll stand with what Roger said. It really depends on who that client is, the nature of the organization yeah. and where they're at. And being really blunt about it, the maturity of their leadership team and their ability to 
a work on themselves, uh, you know, both as individual leaders, aware and mindful of the shadow that they cast and their collective impact. And those leadership teams are not everywhere. <laughs> um, so, what, you know, one of the one of the biggest challenges, and I, you know, we we've had we've 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 worked with clients where they've tried it, and and quite frankly, the reason it hasn't really worked very well is because of the um, either unconscious or kind of unhelpful impact of the leadership team in, as you say, Tim, ensuring that this isn't done in a vacuum, or it's not just yet another one of the great long, long list of things that we're doing, or that, that actual OKRs themselves aren't just the, the great long list of all the things that we want to do and everything has equal priority. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm, this for me is what leadership is about. We have to do our own work. We have to do our own journey as a leader, whether it's in connection with OKRs or not. But in order to help people shift the mindset, quite often from task lists into outcome focused, you know, leaders need to be actively engaged in doing that with their people, not to or for them or using external consultants to do that to or for people. That is completely not the spirit of, of OKRs. And if there's any... You know, if there's any greater reason than actually retaining, maintaining, securing, sustaining, nurturing, rapport, psychological safety, trust, clear, transparent, open communication, good decision making between virtual teams, then, you know, <laughs> I can't I can't really think of one. Um, <laughs> so whether or not organisations are aware of that, Matt, in, as they pursue OKRs, to be the solution to whatever issue it is that they believe they're going to solve for them or because they understand them well and actually think, yeah, this is going to work really well for us. That, you know, there is that element of how, how, yeah, how able that leadership, leadership team are. We've seen, we've seen varying levels of success on projects down to that precise, um, precise criteria, haven't we? Yeah. I mean, both OKRs and leadership, require people to just like put their egos down mm. you know or uh, fine acknowledge that you've got one be aware of the impact of it but like put it away for a while and just let other people like chip in join in and let's you know we'll be more effective together for me it doesn't seem very complicated but I, it is complicated sometimes to <laughs> well, realize in organizations you know you know georgia it sometimes runs counterintuitive to the way they've done business in the past yeah which is all those things they've done brought them to today to talk about okrs and, yeah. you know, I'm a big believer in collaboration. Um, I'm a big believer in, um, in, in having people work together because, you know, when I, origin- when I started Attruity, I did a lot of research on why plans fail. And it wasn't just OKR plans, plans in general, they fail. And you mentioned it. Oh, is it the flavor of the month? Management's come up with a new flavor. They're calling it OKRs. Well, didn't we just do these? And didn't we just do that one? And so, you know, Failing is about, you know, one person setting the uh, direction versus a few people setting the direction at a higher level. And then, you know, having other people have contribution to what it is that the company wants to accomplish, not only in its, you know, three months, but it's six, it's six months, it's a year, it's mm. many years, and ultimately to its mission. Um, and then that builds the buy-in, which if you don't have buy-in, no plan's going to be successful, you know. I, I'm I'm really yeah. with you, and I yeah. I have no judgment of you know all of us. What 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 got us here has served us well, mm-hmm. and yet without a mindset and an ability to adapt and shift, you know yeah. what got us here may not get us there. 
So I don't have a have a judgment of it. I I can get frustrated when I see the impact <laughs> of that kind of lack of, of awareness and what but what, what, what it's doing to people in the organization let alone frustrating successful OKR implementation yeah. well um, can, but you know that's an individual journey for leaders and, and as a collective as a team yeah no it can be flat out uncomfortable I, I, yeah. I look if this is comfortable I said then then you know you're 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 the uh, you're the exception to the rule so this is uncomfortable and then the fear of making what things you need to get done transparent to the whole organization. Oh my gosh, that's a terribly fearful thing for people. Suddenly everybody gets to see what you're doing and how you're doing. And that's really uncomfortable, but that transparency, once there's a comfort there, turns into a power for them. Because if there's yeah. something they're doing collectively with somebody else, hey, I need help in marketing. Hey, we need help over here. Hey, we're actually doing and working on the same thing. We really don't even know about it until there's that transparency. And that helps you know, businesses succeed. And then the last one that we've all, I mean, it's, it's what we do is, is make sure that, the, that it's managed consistently. And, um, and if it's managed consistently um, and there is that collaboration and communication, um, that's where you see uh, product success with OKRs. Well said, both of you. Uh, and as we, we start to wrap up our conversation, uh, maybe just to, to riff on this um, point uh, that we've been talking about for uh, a bit more, um, you know, if you get that spark going, if you have the imperative to do the cultural shift and uh, to implement OKRs, Maybe you've even run a pilot. Uh, maybe just a, a couple um, brief uh, points of advice from each of you around how do you sustain it? How do you grow it? How do you keep it going? Uh, what do you What do you tell your clients um, uh, about how to to keep this successful and and uh, be a lasting change? I think Roger, I, go to you. Oh, thank you, thank you, Matt. <laughs> um, I think I would say. Uh, just um, don't uh, don't fall into the trap of thinking that change management is about the shift. Change management is also about sustaining that shift. So as you start to see the green shoots of progress, green shoots of success, you really need to to, to nurture those and feed them and water them and see them grow. Um, so that that what that looks like is 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 recognition and reward and uh, and uh, you know further support if necessary and so on and so forth so it, it, it's it's about building that into uh it, you know like i said seeing those green shoots and nurturing them but when they start to become really strong i'm going to extend the metaphor here when they start to become really strong saplings and to get them into trees you know that needs to be um uh, brought into regular practice regular business process and i don't mean in terms of uh, uh the you know what's in the okrs but i mean the process of running okrs needs to be part of the regular business process it's as simple as that it's not something that should coexist alongside it it should be part of the regular business process with access to all the hopefully the resources the tools and and, and and so on and so forth to provide that reward and recognition around exceptional performance and in particular team performance i would say over and above individual performance that's great advice yeah uh, tim what what points of advice would would you give well, about sustaining yeah i mean i mean roger hit on so many great points um the 
you know, growing, so growing and sustaining, I, I believe in slow growth. Okay. So, you know, if you're going to start out at an executive level, I believe making sure everybody there understands the program and is bought into the program. And if that takes an extra quarter, it takes an extra quarter. We work real hard to make sure that if someone's not having or struggling with the OKR program, what's not working for them? You know, there are rules and there are guidelines, and we try to be able to stay in the swim lane of the guidelines. And so sometimes something isn't right for, for a particular individual, may not be right for a couple individuals. And so what do we need to do to get that right so that we can gain consensus, still stay in the management guidelines of what an OKR program does and begin to move forward? Um, and that growth um, also is about, and buy-in is about being consistent. You know, everybody likes consistency in their life. And so when you have a management program put in place that's consistent, have your meetings scheduled out many, many months or quarters in advance. So people know that if it's Monday morning at 9.30, we're gonna have a meeting about OKRs. If it's Thursday afternoon, if it's Friday. So we're gonna have a meeting and we're gonna talk about our progress with OKRs, but you stay consistent and you make it a priority for people that they should attend and, they, and you wanna make it mandatory. But awesome. as you grow forward, that sustainability is the management piece, okay? And then, Roger also talked about, you know, rewards and recognition. Gosh, that is so important. And I completely agree with that. And I'll add one other comment to that is that you want in your organization evangelists for OKRs. You want people that are really behind the program and you want them to speak loudly to the people that they are, that they're working with inside the organization. And then the last piece that I know when things are really beginning to cruise along is they begin to speak OKR. So they start asking people, how are your KRs doing? Okay, how, how, are, you, how are you really doing with everything? Um, and so to me, when I, I have two clients that began to speak, literally, that was common speak to them. It wasn't something foreign. So um, I think Roger- That's a great way to know whether it's a habit or not, indeed. Right. When they start literally talking about, hey, how's your KR? I'm by K, you know, I've got objective two KR, you know, one. I mean, I just, you know, I'm struggling. Oh, I understand somebody's working on something. So to me, I think those are really important in sustaining and growing it. But I think Roger hit on it. It's consistency and being consistent. Thanks, Tim. Yep. Georgia, and I, I, closing I advice. I do have a thought. I will keep it short. So nothing gets implemented, OKRs or otherwise, without humans. And humans can be both confusingly equally enthused and excited about change as they are anxious and confused. And sometimes it feels like that's happening simultaneously for people. So just, just recognize that. Keep the dialogue open. And, and I'm going to say be kind. And that doesn't mean be soft or you know not let people deliver or perform, but actually be straight. And that's kindness. You know, OKRs require a kind of straight talking adult dialogue in order to work. And then they can do wonders for people and the organization. So, you know, the, the how of the implementation matters as much as the what. And certainly in terms of sustaining that, it's a, to just loop back to Roger's point, what needs to become business as usual about OKRs is the way in which we do them and the cultural shift that that represents. Well said. Uh, thank you, Georgia. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Roger. 
Uh, of course, I'd be remiss if I, I didn't add on, on this specific topic. But of course, if you're trying to create that habit, you might look to a, a purpose-built tool like Koan uh, to help you with the, the positive behaviors uh, every single week around how to measure progress on your, your OKRs. Uh, but I uh, just want to say uh, a chance to, to chat with all of you and uh, to learn from uh, the expertise and advice that you give. Uh, this has been a, a great conversation. Thank you so much for uh, sharing your knowledge uh, with, all them, with all of us uh, about how to roll out OKRs for positive impact, uh, especially in, in this uh, interesting uh, curveball times, as you said, Tim. Uh, so really appreciate uh, it from all of you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Matt.